Hello, and welcome back to the Vanquisher's Guide. I'm your host, Bryce. I'm here, and I'm Bradley. <laughs> and I'm here as well, and I'm Randy, with a clear throat right. and everything. Good to know that we're all here. Heck yeah. So, oh, this week is a awesome one. I am just so excited for this one, because it's going back to one of my favorite lore uh like subgenres which we haven't done for like something like 40 episodes it's been, been, it's been far too long like we should <laughs> we should visit this uh the like the lovecraftian and cthulhu uh universe for way more frequently honestly I, my problem is it just gives me nightmares i can't spend too long here <laughs> well we already just, have some extra special nightmares I, I, i'm looking at these pictures and i'm already starting to have the day nightmares, the daymares, daymares. <laughs> the, <right> <laughs> the right currently now. Every time I blink, I have nightmares. I mean, honestly, if one eldritch being was going to give you uh, daymares and like super terrible ones, it would be the guy that we're talking about today. Oh, great! Who is uh, Neil Arthotep? What his a mouthful! Yeah, his name is quite a mouthful. I had to practice this like fifty times before we started <laughs> this, and I'm probably. Might be saying it wrong, but I'm pretty confident it's good. At least it sounds pretty good. He is giving it like a real solid try, like really committed to it. So not the best that he could do. That the Lovecraftian universe is fictional. And if it is fictional, it doesn't matter what you say. But if he is real, I apologize. And (laughs) I will learn the way you say your name. Yes, I I will very much apologize to this guy. <laughs> From all I know about the uh, Lovecraftian universe, I don't think he's going to really care one way or another whether you pronounce his name right or wrong, whether you say his name at all, because I feel like they all kind of are like rather indifferent to even maybe even a little like hostile to humans in general. So oh, I think oh, oh. pronouncing well. his name or not, who cares? <laughs> don't don't think you know them all. Some of them I are said really maybe. Special. I think it was more of desperation than uh, it was. It was a really solid hope that maybe that's how it is. And (laughs) I'm not going to, I'm hoping that I'm doomed regardless and that my actions don't have consequences. Well, I mean, you probably are, but uh, at the very least, you know, it's kind of like maybe don't, don't try and summon his wrath, you know, piss him off. I mean, I guess I won't. There goes my weekend plans, but fine, whatever. Uh, If that's your weekend plans. I'm going to get out of town, man. I'm not going to be anywhere near you. (laughs) But anyway, so I do have some pretty awesome pictures that I found of this guy. I think this guy might be some of my favorite art that I've found of like a a great old one or like Cthulhu God. Mm -hmm. It's pretty great. So just going off these pictures and like the name. uh, Also, one of his is like most popular like sub name. It's like the crawling chaos, which he has many others, but we'll get to those in a bit. But what do you guys think about this guy? Any initial impressions? Well, the top left picture, sorry for everyone listening. That's the most Mm -hmm. terrible description for you guys. This massive being, right? This guy on top of a pyramid, larger than a pyramid, just causing chaos. And then not only that, there's like these planets that look like they're aligned behind him which mm-hmm. are like shining purple which is just a beautiful imagery but everything else is just chaotic terrifying and like it's a bunch of people worshiping him as well it looks like yeah. oh, is it worshiping too i can't tell kind of amped yeah they got yeah. some like knives up in the air you know they got yeah. the fire pit going. They're either worshiping or they're gonna try and kill him either way it's a bad call yeah but anyways, it just like is a very cool picture and just like shows his power. Yeah. Oh, yeah. actually, if you look at the picture like really close to it over by his like right leg, again, amazing descriptions for people who can't see this picture. But there's actually two people that are right nearby his leg and like kind of give you a sense of scale. Yeah. He is freaking colossal. It almost seems like a procession like leading up. Uh huh. It. it looks like, yeah, it almost looks like they're going up to him. And it's yeah. Very cool, but he is huge. Yeah, so. he he's a big dude. Like, I don't think there's any like small, great. No. just to <laughs> kind of put that out there. But it's uh, true. 
to also bring up some other aliases and kind of sub names that he has because he has uh, quite a few and they're all pretty oh, cool. Yeah. There's Crawling Chaos and then Stalker Among the Stars. I cool. like that one a lot. That's yeah, cool. That's cool. One of his kind of most famous ones is the Black Pharaoh, and we'll get to why that is in a minute. Um, he's also messenger of the Outer Gods, uh, the Faceless God, and then the God of a Thousand Forms. Wow. Uh, if you're curious about those Thousand Forms, because we won't be able to get to a lot of them, but it said that many of those... Long, uh description of each of those forms yes please yeah let's go into detail about that exclusively and nothing else <laughs> all right i hope you guys are all ready for like a thousand hour podcast because <laughs> excellent Ooh. i mean one hour per form yeah but uh it's said that many of these forms that he has are too terrible and horrific to even begin to describe and wow. if you were to even start to describe them they could only really be described as sanity blasting which is a pretty cool term it is but when i first like glanced at it i thought it was sand blasting and i was like that's a strange description i mean i was thinking more of danny devito and then i started blasting anyway so i started blasting just gnarled just like blasting everybody's sanity away i mean funny enough you mentioned that though randy is that like i was thinking you know is that he just takes like a, a cube of your sanity and then he takes uh, like a sand blaster and is like, and it's going away. He just starts <laughs> a little away. It's not a fast sanity blasting, but it is very thorough and quite painful. Just yeah. blast just sand all day. I'm wanting to know more about is Messenger of their Outer Gods, is he like the Hermes of this universe? Or Ooh. like... Um, I mean, way cooler Hermes than Greek mythology ever got. I, I suppose you could kind of think of it like that. Though I I think like just with the gods in this universe being how they are, it's pretty different than like Hermes. Like is he the snitch of Azeroth? <laughs> Azathoth? Azathoth? Um, uh, not him. But we'll get to that. He brings all the gossip to him while he sleeps. Oh, is he one of the? I thought he was one of the. I can never keep track of who, which one's an outer god, which one's an elder god. It's I. It's a little bit confusing, but uh, also to give a bit of a refresher on some of our Lovecraftian terms. Yes, please. Thank you. Um, this is just will be pretty brief. If you want to know more about some like in-depth Lovecraftian lore, you can look to our previous episode on Azathoth, the blind idiot god. Which is a great episode. I love that one. Great but... episode. Terrible nickname. <laughs> I love that nickname. It's so rude. Oh man, but it's so apt. <laughs> so apt. To just give a refresher, um, so the outer gods in Lovecraftian mythos are distinct from the great old ones that we know and love, such as Cthulhu. And this distinction is sometimes not so clear, sometimes pretty clear, um, but as a whole most of the time like all of the deities can be referred to as great old ones gotcha. um, for this particular instance neolarthotep is a he is an outer god but sometimes we, when we talk about them as a whole we'll be saying like uh, among like all of the great old ones it's so gotcha. but so this distinction pretty much just comes from like the great old ones are more tethered to reality and comprehensible by us. And they also reside in various locations on the earth or once resided over the planet as gods or rulers. While on the other hand, the outer gods are far more cosmic and incomprehensible. Like generally speaking, they are located beyond the confines of earth and far beyond our solar system. Gotcha. Wow. But as we'll learn in this episode, that is not always the case. Uh, as Neil Arthotep is an outer god, he is also a very special exception. Uh, as far as we know, uh, he and him alone are very different from any of the other cosmic beings, any of his cosmic brethren. Because while most of them are out and sleeping or are sealed away, um, he is out and about. He he's took a five-hour energy, time. and he's just going for it. <laughs> yeah, he's um, he's not sleeping, that's for sure. He's working. <laughs> he's grinding. 
there's like a, an ad that pops up. It's like, five, <laughs> three, what is that? Like five century energy drinks. Get it on <laughs> five <Like>. century energy <laughs> drinks. Oh, man. Man, that would freaking probably blow up your heart. Yeah, just think of that. Just think that's of the crash afterwards. Your God. No, no. Yeah. yeah, then he sleeps for like 10 uh. cents. But he's like, he's the messenger God because he's in all the ads. He's like, I'm on this. <laughs> Five century energy drink. It's the best. Like, go I drink five century energy drink. You should too. And he's he, yeah. He just has like some major corporation aid. Like does like, <laughs> PR work for all of the outer gods and stuff. <laughs> but to touch upon like his origins, uh, like from specifically H.P. Lovecraft, the author. Um, the first mention of him was in a letter that he wrote to one of his friends in 1921. Uh, Lovecraft <laughs> described a dream he had, and as he said, it was the most realistic and horrible nightmare I have experienced since the age of 10. And I wow. think with Lovecraft, that's saying something. What was that nightmare at the age of 10 that was more realistic than this? I, I want to know. I want to know, man. It's crazy. <laughs> I think poor, poor 10-year-old H.P. Lovecraft that's freaking waking up in the middle of the night at 10 going, oh, that was the most vivid dream I will ever have in my entire life. <laughs> that was horrible. Just oh, the like, absolute worst like nightmare <laughs> you could ever think of. Seriously. Jeez, man. No wonder yeah. he's like haunted by all these like elderly that he writes about and stuff. Yeah. His mind, I think I've said it before, but I stand by his mind, much like Stephen King, must have been just a dizzying, confusing mess of like just crazy stories. I just, just absolute madness. Yeah. I can't imagine the things, like the ideas he had. Like some people are just so talented at coming up with things and like having these insanely crazy cool ideas and i am just not built that way but apparently he was but like how lucky do we are we to live in an age where we right only get his work but we're also in time with stephen king yeah right like-minded people like i get both i guess stephen king and hb lovecraft (laughs) suck it nerds you had to deal with one of them so many other like artists and like filmmakers and oh yeah um authors and whatnot that also have like such great like minds like that to bring us these like mm-hmm. sometimes twisted sometimes just amazingly mm-hmm. fantastical things makes you think like what are we missing out on that's going to be around in like a hundred years it's like oh man people are missing out those people in the past they never got to experience dave he's so great <laughs> dave good old dave he makes the best i mean movie. to be fair we have steven so i mean why not dave Oh, you got Stephen King, so. But back to this letter that was written. This letter then served as the basis for the poem that is aptly named Neil Arthotep. This is mm. pretty much the the origin of uh, like Neil Arthotep's myth. All right, last last tangent. So, <laughs> like, in like twenty years, Famous are you gonna list. like take my text message that I've sent you and use that? <laughs> as my as a poem absolutely for <laughs> like not <laughs> i mean if you wrote a good enough text message i would well, yeah well, maybe you start working on your text messages actually put some right. thought into them then i would don't just say yep all the time <laughs> uh-huh. I, mean, I mean if you're just like came hey, in you want some chicken like that's not really poem worthy sorry Yo, <laughs> i had a dream once the most vivid dream of my entire life and there was chicken it was insane <laughs> It was dripping down the walls and out the ceiling. Man. It was crazy. <laughs> I just think it's like so cool. Like most of his work comes mm-hmm. from it, like it really it comes from these letters and stuff. Like I don't like like it, it must have been like later in his life that he started compiling or even other people yeah. compiling his work. I think it was like a lot of other people as well. Yeah. I that being said, being his friend must have been such a like such a, a nerve-wracking experience because you never know what conversations he's going to bring up as like right. hey you remember that time you talked about this 20 years ago yeah i think there's like this crazy thing based off of that conversation it's like what hey what's going on well and just think about like how like little what you say like would like you, like you could tell him anything and he'd be like uh-huh. yeah but, like that's fine but like think about this uh-huh. <laughs> 
I mean, you, it's like, you're just like out there, like eating chicken with them. Right. You know, chicken again, but chicken again. uh, And he's like, you know, this fried chicken really reminds me of like (laughs) the the decomposing bodies and (laughs) like tombs of cat of death or whatever. And you're like, what? (laughs) It was so true. I was feeling the exact same way, dude. (laughs) Preach it, man. Or like, like you're sitting there like, man, I had a really hard day at work. Like this person just came up to me and was yelling at me. And he's like, yeah, my day at work was crazy too. I had this dream that this huge Eldrazi-esque being just came and eat me or ate me. That was not English. Eat just me. Like, like eat me. My mind and soul. Yeah. <laughs> my sanity into a thousand tiny <laughs> particulates. <laughs> you're like, dang, bro. Okay. <laughs> I guess my day's better than yours. I'm sorry. You had the worst day. Never mind. <laughs> Oh, you not said anything. But it is interesting that we're all talking about this because um, in uh, Lovecraft's dream, he recounted receiving a letter from a friend. And this friend uh, wrote to him, Don't fail to see Neil Arthotep if he comes to Providence. He is horrible, horrible beyond anything you can imagine, but wonderful. He haunts one for hours afterwards. I'm still shuddering at what he showed. So... <laughs> It's kind of crazy is like he's receiving letters in his dream and then he writes letters of these letters to his friend. It's like right? letterception, I guess. I was gonna say that's so like that must be so confusing of like what letter is real and what letter isn't real. It must be right? dizzying to try and keep track of which letters he's actually sent and which ones were in his dreams. Yeah. <laughs> oh man absolutely crazy but yeah i sent uh, you a letter last week it was about this no you didn't uh that must have been oh, one yeah. of those dream ones crap that was that's my dream. you that sure was... you didn't write me about me <laughs> you, uh, no. you said it was he visited you what are you talking about what are you talking about dude <laughs> oh man but uh lovecraft also later then commented commented on this and he said I had never heard the name neil arthur before but seemed to understand the illusion Neil Arthotep was kind of uh, a showman or lecturer who held forth in public halls and aroused widespread fear in discussion with his exhibitions. These exhibitions consisted of two parts. First, a horrible, possibly prophetic cinema reel, and later some extraordinary experiments with scientific and electrical apparatuses. As I received the letter, I seemed to recall that Neil Arthotep was already in Providence. I seem to remember that persons had whispered to me in awe of his horrors and warned me not to go near him. But Loveland's dream uh, letter decided me. As I left the house, I saw throngs of men plodding through the right, all whispered, whispering affrightedly and bound in one direction. I fell in with them, afraid yet eager to see and hear the great, the obscure, the unutterable Neil Arthotep. Wow. That's... yeah like man he honestly has like such a way with words it's uh, yeah sometimes a little bit hard to like parse <laughs> out but um i just think it's interesting how like he calls neil arthotep this uh outer god a mm-hmm. showman and a lecturer you know is that he's just visiting people or like having like these shows and he's like hey man you want to see some wacky stuff right <laughs> hey you want to see some stuff that'll blast your sanity yeah, and then he great. basically like puts on like the ring, and everybody's like, "What the hell, man?" <laughs> and then he starts doing all this weird stuff with like scientific equipment, you know. And I, I imagine it could only be like mind blowing, right? Probably the worst way is that he you're was, like, <laughs> he was the original prestige, doing yeah, magic it, tricks like, with crazy science and blowing everyone's peop- everyone's minds in the most like kind of demented terrible way yeah like uh really when we get down to it like neil arthotep like what he only really wants to do is spread like fear and madness Mm -hmm. and so he's just like yo look at this man and he's just like probably chuckling in the corner as everybody's like literally losing their minds right (laughs) i was actually that was actually something i was just gonna ask if like whether it seems like it was like what his motivations were behind this, whether it was he was actually trying to like show people and teach people like kind of how things were going and like what things, how things worked and stuff. And it just so happened 
that the way he did that was really horrifying and like not very conducive to human sanity or mm-hmm. if he was actually like actively trying to like just break people's minds and so he just put on these like shows specifically like kind of teaching people but mainly just to like frighten them was it like trying to be helpful but ended up not being or trying to be hurtful but ended up being kind of helpful i'm curious um, which way he goes is it's very clear that yes neo Arthotep is not at all have like any good intentions uh-huh. he's not friendly he's not doing this to like try and oh, help man. like I, you know i mean if you put yourself in his shoes uh he's a cosmic god he's been around for millennia he he's been around for like an incomprehensible amount of time he probably knows everything and he sees humanity more as like a fascination just like a weird like group of people that he can toy with he can show them things and then and then their minds blow up and then it's uh-huh. like, you know is what i can only imagine he thinks i guess and that makes sense it's just like how quick sad to does, see does um humanity pass within his eyes how many it's true how many different how, how many times has he seen yeah. a, you know humanity or a, some at like thing on human level yeah and yeah i mean he's, i mean he's seen like planets turn to dust stars die out you know entire universes maybe collapse into black holes yeah and he's just like you're a small speck but you're also a pretty funny speck <laughs> let's mess so with no you. uh no friendly neighborhood neil Arthotep. what a shame uh no definitely well, not it's more like uh he's more like the bullied kid that's like melting the ants with a magnifying glass because he thinks it's funny not the uh kid that's actually like trying to be helpful and doing nice things he's just like yeah i mean i'm interacting with ants but like not in a kind way it's more of a really cruel just for my own enjoyment kind of way yeah and in that case like you said he's the bully and we're the ants so yep yep (laughs) very much but i also wanted to kind of give just a bit of a summary of this uh short story that we're talking about of neo orthotep it's actually a pretty short story and it's quite good i would urge anyone if they're curious or they they're interested in any of his work to go out and read it it was a very good read but and that's the title of the short story is just neo orthotep yes okay plain and simple but um, easy to remember so the narrator in this this story starts off by stating that after a particularly rough season of political and social upheaval i Definitely feel you, man. <laughs> <laughs> a little too uh, real right off the bat. Yeah, I know. It is kind of spooky. <laughs> <laughs> They're just like me. So he says, in addition to this, was added a general sense of overbearing and widespread feeling of dread and physical danger, which is just Was this terrible. written yesterday? <laughs> I know, man. It's, it's, a little, it's a little uncanny. But... uh at the same time, he states that a being known as Neolarthotep came out of Egypt. Huh. No one knew anything about him, only that, as they described, he was of the old native blood and looked like a pharaoh. Interesting. And that he said he had awoken after being dormant for 27 centuries. Quite a long time. <laughs> uh, that was this crash after the five-century... <laughs> energy drink he crashed for 27 centuries yeah just a 27 century power nap you know uh-huh. now he's got the five out five century energy energy drink back at it ready to go again he's ready to go again yeah so this neo-orthotep then went from city to city giving public demonstrations of odd and inexplicable powers as well as lectures on electricity and psychology <laughs> all of which could only be explained as like maddening and supernatural and at the same time, wherever Neolarthotep would go, the place would be plagued by intense and vivid nightmares of everybody that lived there. Like, I think it was said that people would, like, wish that they couldn't sleep so that they could escape this. Like, it was just wow. the worst that you could ever imagine. And then uh, it's said that eventually the narrator decides to go to one of these famed shows. But as the narrator was a self-proclaimed himself to be colder and more scientific than the rest of his peers, after the demonstration, he dismissed these displays as hoaxes and mere tricks. It seemed like the narrator was uh, pretty unsettled. 
by these displays, but he was like, I'm not going to let it get to me. You know, like I, the, I'm not in any danger. This dude's just a hoax. He's nothing. People are just being crazy around me, you know? So he's just almost trying to convince himself that uh, what's going on are just tricks. It's all smoke and mirrors, all just propaganda. Everyone's an idiot. I'm, I'm better. I'm built yeah. different. But it's funny because like the crowd that uh, the narrator is with actually kind of gets behind him and are like, nice. kind of like booing Neil Arthotep. <laughs> He's a charlatan. Yeah, he, Neil Arthotep is then rather perturbed by this and he drives away the group, you know, he like kicks him out. He's like, whatever, man, get out of here. <laughs> but as the group is leaving, an odd ambience then rests over the group as they believe that they felt something coming down from the greenish moon. And immediately as I was reading this, I was like, oh, crap, dude, you pissed him off. Right. You're if in the for moon, it now. If the moon is ever greenish, you should hide. You should, like, run. Yeah. I, it's a weird color for the moon to be. Green is not a normal moon color. Yeah, I think the, the end is soon approaching. Yeah. Um, the, the group, as they're leaving, then see a number of odd sightings that seem that almost suggests that their city is now in like a post-apocalyptic state. Nice. Say that right. Yeah, they <laughs> see like uh, like turned over and rusted like railway cars. I think they even look up at some of the taller buildings and see them just like destroyed at the top. Huh. And oh my God. I cannot imagine, you know, you just go in uh, and the city's like mostly fine. You know, it's like, I mean, people are probably pretty weird because they're going crazy, right? Right. But everything's mostly fine. And then you come out of this and then you're like, oh, crap, dude, what the what the hell happened? You know, like, right? what's going on? Yeah, that, that would be so bizarre. Like, like, imagine you're walking through New York City and like doing your own thing. You walk into like the Apple store, get yourself a brand new iPhone, walk out the like storefront after being in there for like 10 minutes or so. And now all of a sudden, like. Times Square is just barren. Everyone's gone. All the like TV screens are off and like broken and falling off. The buildings are like decaying and stuff. It's like what I, I would assume I had stepped into a different universe or yeah, something. And and it's so weird. Like all that's happening. Right. <laughs> one person going around like talking about like electricity and you're just like <laughs> Right? It's just like what the heck is going on? Oh man. It would be so trippy. It'd be just absolutely insane all i wanted was a new iphone <laughs> and it's interesting it's in, sorry sorry one last thing it's interesting because like when you watch like when i watch movies and stuff and like 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 for instance take like avengers the first avengers okay. movie yeah for example when you watch the movie you're obviously watching the movie from the hero's perspective right right you're like uh these people are important the entire story revolves around them but really realistically like if you're thinking about it like I'm I'm just a side character in this world, right? Oh and, yeah, yeah. And so, if I were to be in the Avengers movie, I would just be one of those random people that, like, all of a sudden see this portal come out of nowhere in the middle of the sky. Right? Like that's 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 the perspective that I'm looking at this story from too. Like it's I'm you're not just some like important person that like can get away in the in a helicopter, right? You're like what you said, Randy. Like you're coming out of a store and just you're seeing utter chaos and like, yeah you're like you're not gonna get you know you don't have anything to do about it like like you're seeing a yeah. literal outer god that you have no idea who that is because you're just some random person right and just like like thinking of it from a spe perspective of like you have no idea what's going on like that just that's just utterly terrifying yeah i probably would honestly just walk back into the store and be like i don't know what's <laughs> going on but i'm going back in this just is weird just play some candy crush on some iphone uh, you know you just wait for the end like uh, oh man yeah like it's so true though is that like it's kind of funny because one of the themes of this story is to like the folly of man to think that they're uh, important you know is that the narrator is like you know i i know what's going on i know what reality is and then neil arthotep is basically being like uh no you don't no you don't you don't uh, know jack bro and uh, to continue the story, like like a good group, they split up like into a good three neighbor. groups. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, one of these groups then goes down a narrow alleyway, leaving only a shocking moan behind. 
The next disappeared down a weed-choked subway station, followed but only by howling mad laughter. This is getting better by the second. These people sound like they're really in a good state of mind. Yeah. And then the narrator's group then he heads out of the city into the countryside, uh, and they bear witness to the most horrific, maddening, and surreal vistas. Right. Just to read an ex- excerpt of this. Um a sickened, sensitive shadow writhing in hands that are not hands, and whirled blindly past ghastly midnights of rotting creation, corpses of dead worlds with sores that were cities, charnel winds that brush the pallid stars and make them flicker low. Beyond the world's vague ghosts of monstrous things, half-seen columns of unsanctified temples, that rest on nameless rocks beneath space and reach up to dizzying vacua above the spheres of light and darkness. So yeah, same dude. Hey, you didn't follow that either, Andy. <laughs> no, I'm right there with you, hundred percent. I don't. I don't think you're meant to follow it. This is just to give you the impression <laughs> that's, that that's crazy. That you have no idea. What's yeah, it, just, he's going insane yeah. right now. He's mm-hmm. being shown all this stuff that he can't comprehend. Actually ironically this does kind of like sound not a one-for-one description but it does sound like a relatively decent description or like vague approximation of uh the from the bloodborne game series or standalone game but that game is loosely based off of the eldritch horror genre and specifically lovecraft and there's some areas of the game that they look kind of like how that's described it's like a weird amalgamation of weird like nightmarish faces mixed with buildings combining into weird combinations of twisted shapes and it's kind of sounds like that they like yeah it's just the way like, they made the game totally fits really well yeah. yeah i like i mean i think this at its core is like a, a prime example of cosmic horror i mean that's kind oh, of yeah. obvious but at the same time like i've i was just thinking about it is that uh cosmic horror at its base is the horror of trying to understand the incomprehensible and just feeling absolutely hopeless in that battle because it's impossible, you know? Mm -hmm. And the only thing that you can do is like you were saying, Brad, be a bystander and get your mind sanity blasted. (laughs) I love (laughs) that phrase still. Oh man, still so good, but (laughs) what a great story. But uh, to get back to kind of describe and get to know Neil Arthotep better, because as we've seen from this story and what we've been talking about, he's pretty different from a lot of the other things that we know in like, especially the last uh, like Eldritch God that we touched upon, which was Azathoth. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of weird to me that like uh, one of the first things that stood out to me is he showed up as a regular person to them, which I yeah, thought that's... like, so feels strange. very strange compared to all the rest which like barely even want to be associated with humanity and like feel like they're so beneath him where this one's like at least the yeah he still doesn't like humanity but at least he's like there in person with them which is interesting yeah like most of the other ones like from our perspective at least are just right. like rumors and whispers of like madness and like cults exactly. and, and like uh strange worshiping sessions and stuff like that but this guy is out and about he's he's wanting to meet you kind of He's there in the trenches, chugging his energy drinks. He's ready to go. Yeah. But uh, he's a difficult being to describe and pick apart, to say the least. So let's try. No. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, let's, let's do our best. Uh, <laughs> as he is the only outer god that we know of that is out and about, we perhaps know the most about him. But at the same time, with that being said, we still have to remember that he is an outer god. And so that means that he's probably not showing us even a fraction of what he is so we may think that we understand him more but that's still not saying much at all yeah Um, it's like you can you've seen like the tip of the iceberg but there's well i guess like you've seen like literally the very tiny grain of 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 snow yeah yeah of the iceberg but there's still like so much more that like you don't even register that it is an iceberg it's just all you've seen is like a little bit not realizing how much more there is even to exist that you don't know what you don't know. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it also seems that he's the most human-esque, but that's still not saying much. (laughs) 
Yeah. yeah. And it's also very good to remember that uh, Neomarthotep is very dangerous person. Mm-hmm. Like, like we were saying before, you know, like we may think that we understand him. We may think that we know him, that as he's human or takes on a human form, right? that he may seem less dangerous than the other Eldritch gods or outer gods. He is right. most certainly not. Makes sense. That checks out. He's just like, because he appears in a form that like kind of makes sense to you, you assume that you know everything about him. Like, it's a, a form you can understand, so you assume you understand the being behind that form. When it's like, mm-hmm. oh, no, no, that's just that's just like a f- mask he put on, not actually yeah. what he looks like. It's just one of his thousand forms. Yeah. And so, if we were to nail down like his physical appearance uh, to be more concrete, um, it. And if we were to like kind of go to his most iconic form of this, uh-huh. it would have to be like we mentioned before, his form known as the Black Pharaoh. Ooh, yeah. Uh, in this form, he is described as a tall, swarthy man uh, that resembles a pharaoh with a dark complexion. Okay. There's not too many other descriptor- descriptors about his form. It honestly seems like a lot of his human forms are very um like unmentionable very normal looking you know it's not like he has anything super crazy with them yeah i mean if he did show up in like a really outstanding form then he would make people notice him more and like he would have a harder time of just like kind of going about doing the things or like whatever it is that he wanted to do being mm-hmm. in a kind of nondescript generic dude form makes it a lot easier for him to just pass around and just move through the crowds and do so the chaos that he sounds like he would like to do. Yeah. So in this form, was he ever, did he ever like in these stories, like take the place as the Pharaoh in ancient Egypt? I believe they did. Yeah. Like at a time, I believe that he was like an actual Pharaoh. I guess there goes uh, putting on a facade of, a boring person and just moving that, around the people. That's <laughs> why I wanted to check because, like, there is yeah. that that he's also the pharaoh. So it's kind of like, yeah, maybe he was a boring person at first, moved around the people, and then he's like, "All right, now I understand what's going on. I'll move up to pharaohhood and like, I'll do my thing now." Yeah, because I don't think he minds attention or standing out, right. but at the same time, he wants to like relate to people. It almost gotcha. seems like to be able yeah. to get as close to your like sanity as you can <laughs> if that makes sense yeah it makes sense I'm really attractive looking people they have a hard time relating with everyone else and and they're <laughs> just they're too sane an attractive person just can't i, I can't relate with them i just oh, i need yeah. an ugly person to be able to really ground my sanity so i'm right here dude <laughs> right, well, hey for sure appreciate you keeping me sane dude <laughs> there for me <laughs> With a god with also the name uh, that he has of a thousand forms, as you would expect, he is proposed to be a sort of shapeshifter. Uh-huh. And he's able to take on any form he would like, whether that be, like we're saying, a normal-looking, inconspicuous, but perhaps a joyous man, or a advanced type of humanoid automaton. Uh it was an interesting one to me because like he took on that form when he was talking to like advanced civilizations interesting. Uh, supposedly. So I think it's really that he tries to get to the most like relatable, comprehensible and like normal oh. form to you. Good to know. We'll be cyborg so that he can like infiltrate right? as best he can. Yeah. I mean, so that's, so in other words, if you ever meet somebody who's just a little too normal, then you got to be suspicious. Watch of them. It out. Could be. <laughs> yeah this person is so normal there's they don't have existential dread in them um this guy must be an elder god tell me something weird about you tell me something only you would do because right now you're too normal and i don't trust you <laughs> you could be a god for all i know do you have like a debt or uh-huh. do you have like a tick that just makes you weird like please tell me please say weird in idiosyncrasy let me know you're not an elder god trying to blast my sanity <laughs> Uh, yeah, but some of the other forms he can take are he can even take on like the form of one of his cosmic brethren. Nice. Theorized. So like I suppose if he wanted to look like Cthulhu, he could. Turns out there's actually no other Eldridge god. It's just <laughs> this one guy that's just like 
constantly changing and just like putting on different hats and pretending to be other people. Like, he wanted to make a religion so bad with it. <laughs> like, all right, I just got to keep up this facade. <laughs> all these different gods, all these different powers, personalities. Yeah. I just got to make them all different. That's why all the rest of them are so aloof because he doesn't have time to go to interact with everybody as every other version of himself. He's He can only keep like very surface level interactions as all of his other iterations. Yeah, it is kind of funny that you mentioned that because I think honestly that could be very well like so in line with the Eldritch Horror type thing of that it's just this one being orchestrating everything Uh just because he thinks it's it's funny. Because why not? Like he he's like, you know what? Today I'm Cthulhu, you know, (laughs) tomorrow I'm Azathoth and like I've created all these rumors. I've weaved all these lies and it's literally just to mess with you. You it know, I, I feel like that's so him. Yeah. But he even can take on other forms. And some of these other mentioned ones are um, even appearing as the classical, like, Christian devil, cloven hoofs oh. and all. Wow. Yeah. Nice. So it's interesting to think is, like, you think of, like, important religious figures or, like, deities or whatever, is that in this universe... He could be all of those, you know, he could be the devil. He could be God. He could be uh, like whatever religious deity you have is that he could have orchestrated the myths, created the legend. And it's just all him. That's awesome. Not only is he every God in his religion, he's every God in every religion. He's every, every yeah. being in every single mythology. That follows his name of chaos. So perfectly. Seriously. I think oh, that's man evil thing like that's that could be what he does it's just like so unsettling to think of though yeah just like how powerful and how all like like just how knowledgeable he must be to be able to do that yeah i don't know like that for me that just really like flicks my like existential dread button right everything you know is a lie manufactured by this being out in the universe that's just having a fun time everything is about you yeah right he created like thousands of religions that all fight against each other and they're all actually all about him and he's just sitting back watching them people tear (laughs) each other apart for nothing it's just because he enjoys the chaos that's oh man my brain yeah no kidding (laughs) but if we're uh or if you're wondering if there is more of like a description for any of his more like cosmically horrifying forms or perhaps even his true form, we have maybe a couple. It's really hard to say, but for what we have, he's often depicted as a very large, many-limbed being taking an upright stance with many tentacles. I mean, he's an eldritch god. He's got to have tentacles. Yep, it's required, man. (laughs) He is also uh, shown to have an awful gaping maw that is in more of a vertical position. Naturally. Uh, I find it interesting that that's what a lot of the depictions chose. I yeah. think it fits him pretty well, though. And also his skin is like a very, almost like dead gray color. Pretty unsettling. Very, very. It, it like, and, and to be fair, I was going to say this about one of the pictures earlier, uh, the one in the upper right. It kind of reminds me a little bit of like Slenderman-ish. I, I was thinking like, like Siren Head. That's true, too. I, I mean, yeah, he's like walking through similar. the forest. It's, uh, yeah crazy but hey get like, this what if neil arthotep is siren head and slenderman I, I knew you were gonna say that i hate it so much <laughs> all these every urban creature, myths you know it's him it's always him it all leads every, back to him every creature we talk about now from now on we're gonna just be like this creature is larger than a horse and also neil arthotep it's just <laughs> just so you know it's just him in different clothing just oh my gosh man all a sham blowing my mind every person you meet might be him Uh, (laughs) you just live in a simulation in his mind yeah it's just like um it's like what like truman show but like yeah everybody's neil arthotep (laughs) but uh in terms of like canon descriptors that i could find of him uh i could find only really one there might be some others out there, but the most prominent one that I could find was from the story, The Haunter of the Dark. And oh. this is where a manifestation of him is described as being a being of pure darkness that could not tolerate light. Whoa. It also possessed a three-lobed eye, which I just imagine it's 
that's basically it has like three eyes and it was also tentacled of course and had like bat wings as well so it's just cool. pretty terrifying pretty horrible pretty eldritch you know <laughs> you get it weird combination of parts that don't shouldn't go together and turns into this strange amalgamation of limbs yeah. basically <laughs> Surprisingly, does work together. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> shouldn't, but it does, and it's. It, 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 there's no way it should be able to move, and yet it's like the most like lethal, dangerous predator on the planet. It's like, what what is happening here? I don't understand. You should be a blob on the ground, but okay, I suppose. But instead, you can kill anything you want. Which <laughs> is like weird. But it's also important to mention that, uh, as it said, that he's of a thousand forms. It also can be said that he has possibly thousands of avatars. Yo, some of these oh, uh, descriptions might just be of his avatars and not relating back to him at all. Nice. You know? Are they all airbenders or do they are they all different? <laughs> no, some of them are the blue people. Yo, cool. Oh man, he's every avatar. He's a he's from <laughs> The Last Airbender, from Korra, from wow. James Cameron's. Yeah. It's awesome. He's got it all. It's all Neil Arthur All the movies. It's all him. Yeah, if you've ever seen a movie, um, like movie actor star, whatever, whatever they're called, movie star. That's actor, actor, actor and actresses. Yeah. They're all <laughs> movie actor star. They're all him. Every movie actor star person is him. <laughs> he just makes a bunch of movies for himself. <laughs> and am I Neil Arthur <laughs> I don't know. But uh, also, I think it's really cool. One of the coolest things about Neil Warthotep is that since he's so different from all the other outer gods, it's really fun to me and terrifying at the same time <laughs> to try and pick apart his like motivations and intentions. Like, why yeah. is he the way that he is? Why is he so different? Like, when all the other gods are either sleeping or seem like they don't care, he takes such a fascination with us you yeah know? if you if you think about it there's probably lots of other sentient races uh or beings throughout essentially the multiverse right you think and why is he like you guys yeah, you puny little right? humans with your little silly toys like what's so <laughs> interesting yeah he takes such an active role in like day-to-day -day things and like actually being around and interacting that it makes it feel like whether he does or doesn't makes it feel like he has like an actual goal that he's working towards or like a purpose that he's trying to work on. Yeah. Or versus like the others where like they seem to have no drive or desires at all because they just kind of just float through space and just veg in like the cosmos. Or just so like this guy dead asleep. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Take so like, what is he drink? trying to do? Well, so yeah. question before I I think about this because it's gonna make me go insane probably. <laughs> Go uh, for it. Do A blast your sanity. Or <laughs> other of the like any other of the Eldritch gods like have any of the Omni descriptors? Like, are any of them like all knowing? Like, actually all knowing? Is that like ever said? Like, all knowing, all powerful, all? I'm not gonna say um, because none of them are. But, but I mean, they're all that in a bag uh, of potato chips. I, I for sure. to be able to like say a lot of them for sure. I'd probably want to do a bit more research on that but i think in terms of like the big ones like azathoth and yogg-sasoth um like those guys i believe are omnipotent and like know everything and are all-powerful basically okay because gotcha. i'm wondering like because my thing is yes he's like participating in like human lives but like what's stopping him from just being so powerful that he can be in every location at once. Maybe he is. And, and being at every single, you know, human adjacent in every single universe. So like, maybe he specifically like us, not by like, I mean like, like messing with us or maybe it's just kind of like what he does. And he yeah. all civilizations because he wants, he, he just, that's like, very true. Troll. Maybe. I don't know. He's just the most galactic troll ever. <laughs> he's like the micro like <laughs> trolling on a multiverse scale uh, yeah so he might be like omnipotent but not omnipresent where like he is all powerful but he can't be everywhere at once he might have like all of the power in the universe quote unquote but like he can't 
make iterations of himself everywhere all mm-hmm. the time. So, and, and that's the tough thing about like these eldritch gods and like outer gods and great old ones is that our human concept of powers and abilities is like is just so almost kind of inappropriate to like place on them because we cannot even begin to fathom like their powers their abilities what the extent of their influence is what even that means you know so it's pretty hard like i still like to try no because i think it's fine but ultimately like trying to pinpoint like what their philosophy on Uh is just it's like fun obviously and that's why we do this podcast because like yeah why it's fun but like realistically like it's just gonna utterly fail every single time because they're so far beyond us that like we can't even comprehend what they look like let alone you know what what why they do on you know like (laughs) everything is i mean the best way like the best summary for his motivations and him as a whole in general is just like yeah he's crazy weird and you can't understand him there you go summed up in a couple of words basically that's really not like that is a description but with also zero description at the same time the most nebulous description Uh but he's weird and you don't get it but like like thinking on it though i would say like so this is a weird i I don't know why i almost just said it without any context so (laughs) anyways so like to me like murder is morally wrong right yeah but i'm my opinion is because we don't have the same idea of murder when it comes to well i do but animals right Um, okay so like we can kill an animal and it's not murder and right, you're not you're not gonna go to prison for yeah, killing a go to prison, right? So like funny. that would be morally wrong to society as a whole, right? Now mm-hmm. would that I mean like like we said, he's the bully worthy ant. There's nothing wrong morally with probably torturing us in his opinion, killing right? us in his opinion. So like maybe he's not to himself and to his philosophy and to his ideals and all the you know maybe it's not morally wrong what he's doing. Maybe he's literally just kind of doing what he does. And he he has no remorse for it. No, yeah. you know it's not it's He's not essentially like, watching a TV show. You know, yeah, exactly. He's such a massively like deep creature. Like, like not not just like large in scale, like in size, but just like in mind and in power and in every capacity. He's just like such a far-reaching creature that like the desires and the lives of other creatures are just like almost not even a real thing to him. It's just like, oh, like you don't think about the day to day life of an ant in your like as you're walking around doing or stuff. germs or whatever or yeah. germs or stuff. Yeah, it's just like that's just like a thing that exists. But like it doesn't it doesn't mean anything really. And yeah. so he's probably just such a colossal being that's like, oh, like, yeah, they exist, but like they're not real, like almost yeah. to that extent. It's of like a whatever. Thing. Like, yeah. Yeah. No, cool. That, there you go. That's, that would be my stance on his. Yeah. he's he's not evil because he's doing things that are wrong he's he's kind of just completely neutral because everything he does is just like everything like, he, in the world is so much far beneath him that like he's not doing it out of malice or anger or anything like that he's just doing what he does and just doing what he do yeah. like what yeah. he calls just good old fun we call <laughs> gave him yeah. the name of the chaos whatever right it was yeah like because that's that's how we have to describe him. Because the only way that we can fathom what he is is by giving him these names, trying to understand. You know, <laughs> okay, here we go. Tip. So yeah, yeah. Him, him messing with us and like doing all the stuff that he does and like causing chaos, killing people, like just destroying the world, is equivalent to us like putting hand sanitizer on our hands. It's like Basically. I mean, we're just we're just going about our life, doing our thing. We're killing thousands millions of germs and they're like going through a freaking panic anarchy and we're just like going about our day not even thinking about it like it's just like such a different level of like like of course we don't think about that they're, they're germs who cares it just doesn't even enter your thought for and that's awesome but even even more than that right like people like scientists right like the 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 peak of humanity the smartest people in our world right now while yeah, they probably also put hand sanitizer on and stuff. They also study the germs. They know the right. germs. 
Exactly. They, they inject them with diseases and stuff. Uh-huh. So he's basically just the top dog of, you know, whatever. Yeah. And or so he's like, just uh, he trying to kill him. <laughs> he could also be just be like the, <laughs> a weirdo. Yeah, he's just a weirdo <laughs> that likes putting on hand sanitizer. You know? <laughs> Hard to say. But I mean, <laughs> like, like we're saying, it's like all about perspective, right? And that like our perspective is just so vastly different from his. It's like, yeah. And cr- it's, it's madness. <laughs> well, I can say it, really. I, I definitely feel like my sanity is being blasted right now. No, hundred percent. But I mean, uh, getting back to Neil Arthotep is that he employs manipulation, deception, as well as he's able to use any human language and all manner of tap- tactics, even propaganda, to achieve his incomprehensible goals. Yeah. Yo, propaganda! He's spreading propaganda. Yeah, it's crazy how like enchanted language. So yeah, it's probably true. <laughs> he yeah, makes different languages just to cause more chaos. <laughs> I believe it, man. But uh, if we were to try and like pick apart these goals, is that like in many of his legends, he tries to amass a great many of followers through his mesmerizing supernatural displays and charisma, exerting almost a type of mind control, where even the most stubborn can't resist bending to his will. And it's also in these stories, it's made very clear that we are totally at his mercy. Like there's absolutely no chance of resisting or fighting back. And ultimately, it's said that he will bring destruction to the earth as well as quite possibly the human race. Probably by accident when he just like goes a little bit too far with one of his just like experiments or messing around. He accidentally like glasses the planet. and He's like, oops. went a little far on that one i guess gotta go find a new planet yeah well that was a fun couple millennia you know Uh oh well on to the next one i'm gonna start over 27 centuries and then i'll come back awake and Uh gonna go take a nap again stop drinking five century hour energy drinks and be back (laughs) so in all of his uh personal accounts that we have of him uh the people that interact with him describe him as evilly intelligent and more often than not, relentlessly sadistic and cruel, driving pleasure from our madness and suffering as opposed to, say, destruction and death like most of the other gods. So right. it's kind of interesting, though, is that I did see a couple sources say that in some stories he did help humanity. I do find that slightly hard to believe. Like maybe a couple authors decide to make him more benevolent or uh, helpful. But at the same time, I just, I find him so like un, unsettling and I could see maybe he does it out of just for kicks one time, but I would think it, it's kind of like all goes around to just creating more madness, more suffering. That's all that he wants. He doesn't really care about helping you out in the long run. Maybe he'll help you out in the short run, but eventually it'll yeah. just re- lead around to more madness. And I think, I think it's like, again, like he's not necessarily doing anything of the things he does because he's like specifically has a vendetta against humanity and wants them to be destroyed or wants them to suffer. And I think that he's just kind of messing around doing his thing, living his life. And like people are there and happen to get caught in the crossfires. Yeah. Just like this, like sometimes the same way, like you'll be living your life. And then there's like a bug on the wall. And most of the time you just squish it. Cause it's like a bug in my house. Get out of here. What are you doing? You're supposed to be outside. But then sometimes you're like, nah, dude, I'm, be a good person and you just like get the bug on your finger take it outside put on a blade of grass and you're like yo i'm a good person i did something maybe so like maybe sometimes he's just like not necessarily doing it because he's like a good person and he like wants to he's just like ah whatever sure i thought more in the fact of maybe he like started this huge war and almost ended the human race entirely and was like i think i want to keep playing with them let's do one <laughs> let's yeah yeah let's save totally them for a bit. Just, just so i can keep the series going i mean it I think it's even uh, in some of the the theories, like we'll get to a little, just a small section on like theories that we have for this guy. But it was said that like, it's proposed that maybe some of the great wars throughout our history have just been him like being the great leaders on either side, like just orchestrating (laughs) these events just to He's fighting himself. I mean, yeah. Of course. He's like leading both. He's playing both sides Uh, just because it's fun. I'm playing both sides. That way I always win. That way I always come out on top. 
I always knew Genghis Kong was uh, <laughs> <Elvis> <laughs> <Horror>. <laughs> I had a feeling. I, I could see it. But it may may be that we're just a personal like passion project to him. As his main job and one of his titles even is messenger of the the outer gods, right? Right. So uh, it's said that he's like the messenger in the heart and soul and a type of avatar for pretty much all of them. Uh, oftentimes he even serves in the other god's cults. Huh. But hmm. his main concern will always be serving his father, Azazoth. Um, some of the sources also that I saw said that he very much despises his father, though. Which I could definitely see is that as a being that likes to exert like absolute control over us, is that he would hate when something else is above him trying to control him, you know? Right. So it lines up. But he carries out any of his father's fitful and spastic wishes while occasionally also manipulating his father at the same time. So his father is an idiot, so... Oh, ouch. Harsh. So harsh. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But it, it also, like we were saying before, it's impossible to know exactly how powerful he is. Though... It's more than likely he's placed in the up, upper tiers, just under Azathoth. Even in one short story, it's stated that he is among the gods of the outer hells that guard the feeble gods of Earth. So that just kind of puts it into perspective. Pretty good. Well, if he's just under the power level of someone that can wake up and end literally existing, right? that's pretty. That's pretty powerful. A being uh, that could very well possibly be dreaming everything into existence on accident. And that when it wakes up, we'll just end all of reality just because it stopped dreaming. Dreaming, yeah. Feels pretty good. <laughs> it's a pretty decent power level to be yeah, at. Yeah, that's a pretty, have... pretty comfortable place to be, I'd say. <laughs> Subconscious creation is uh, pretty powerful. Yeah. It's just crazy. I mean, we, we've discussed before, like, why he doesn't just flat out kill us or enslave us all. And it's just probably... If we could put a pin in it, he just thinks we're fun. And he's it's probably too already done that before. Yeah, he's probably done it before. Maybe he even rewound time, and he's just on his second playthrough. New Game Plus, man. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> New Game Plus. <laughs> over. Um, uh, if you're wondering where he currently is, uh, he could be among us right now. It you may know? be you. He could be me. <laughs> he could be Randy. He could be Brad. He could uh, some of the sources that I found indicate that he's living or imprisoned on the planet Abbott. Well, what All about right. Costello? Abbott think it's... Oh, man. I had to. <laughs> it was just sitting right there. It's so good. Ooh, but, good. Uh, just for a brief little section on some theories uh, and some other little notes that I found, uh, it was said in some stories that he is the father of Lilith. And if you're... Wondering, yes, that is the Lilith that you're familiar with, of like, I, I believe in the biblical sense. Uh-huh. So, and one of the interesting things about Neo Arthotep that we were talking about is that he can take the form of anyone. And this has led <laughs> some people to theorize who he could be or who, like, prominent and influential people throughout history he was. I, I just had a string of names go through my mind. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> Just to name a few for some uh, some videos that I watched, uh, he could have been Nikola Tesla, you know? I mean, that kind of lines up, is that right. he like liked playing around with electricity. He was a little bit eccentric, you know? He uh, he liked giving like these presentations and stuff, and so maybe. Also, probably the greatest mind of all time. Possibly, yeah. So he, like, he's, he's pretty smart, dude. Um, he could have been any number of like dictators throughout history, you know, like any of those people Maybe all that of were them. just looking to sow chaos. Yeah, I did think it was funny that I did see one uh, video that kind of just momentarily theorized that it could have been Elon Musk. Of course, it did. <laughs> he does um, cause a lot of chaos. So. <laughs> why not yeah. Jeff Bezos at the same time? I, I mean, like... why not? <laughs> Two billionaires competing against each other, and turns out it's the same guy. Just Causing chaos. Oh, man. They're just giving each other high fives in the back. Uh (laughs) Like, bro, look at all this chaos, man. It's crazy. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, I'm curious, though, Randy. What were some of the names that went through your mind? Name a couple. 
my first thought was uh, Hitler, because uh, I mean, like, there's yeah. nothing more chaotic than that. But that's pretty basic. The most but famous dictator of all, yeah. Of course. But then I was like, what about Trump? <laughs> I mean, I'm, uh, I'm not for or against him, but I just like a lot of people real controversial on that guy. Yeah, and, there was uh, a lot of chaos in the last couple of years. Uh-huh. I will say yeah. that. <laughs> so, I mean, who's to say? Maybe it's him. But maybe. Hmm. Yeah, those were the first two that came to my mind. Of like, oh, that would be. But my, my first thought was like, oh man, what if it was Trump? Well, what if it was worse? What if it was? Ooh, that could have been. That could be way worse than just that one. So yeah, mm. there's uh, <laughs> a okay. whole lot of people, a lot of important people that could be. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's a uh, you know I I gotta like put the tinfoil hat on the shelf every oh, of course once in a while you know like stay tethered to reality but sometimes it's fun to just theorize. Uh-huh. Or See, my to my first imagine what could be went to that scientist in the uh, that was a, the Nazi that like did the genetic mutations on like oh Doctor Mangala. Yeah, that, oh, guy that angel of death experiments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yikes! Yeah, that dude was super evil, man. Holy. Yeah, yeah. No kidding. Mm-hmm. That Ooh. that actually fits really well. That makes a lot of sense. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think I've had a pretty good sanity blasting. I don't know <laughs> about you guys. <laughs> I'm now gonna assume that everybody in any kind of position of power, really? no matter what, they're just like, yeah, you, you're definitely a. a lovecraftian monster for sure oh man you're not real let's just all remember where reality is and, <laughs> uh, reality is in the dreams of azathoth i can't even yes. say his name Yo, you got it um that's where reality is just to bring this to a close um thank you all so much for listening like this is as i said before like this is my favorite lore lore kind of yeah. subgenre and it's so fun to do these like man it's kind of crazy honestly but if you guys want to uh any other eldritch gods that you guys are have like some favorites let us know on our like our twitter page at vanquishers pod or you could let us know on our tiktok because we have some great content there as well yours truly brad i'm flipping my hair right now (laughs) yeah making some great videos i think uh gnomes are kind of popping now Gnomes are where it's at. I think I'm kind of forcing it, but it's yes. (laughs) It's working though. (laughs) But no, I I can answer questions. Like if you ever have any, like just you want to know something quick and fun, I can uh, answer pretty much any question there. Yeah. Gnome expert. Yeah. But uh, other than that, once again, thank you all for listening. Uh, Give this a share to a friend or a rating. We would very much appreciate that. But just remember, you guys, to have a wonderful week. And we will see you next week. Bye.